You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I have tried this intro a few times, and now we're just going to jump into this. This is... This is uh, a raw conversation that we're having for this this podcast. We put out um, a story on Instagram and asked for questions. And so I have my wife, Larissa, here, and we are going to answer some questions that were submitted. Most of them will fall into the category of relationships or um, spiritual practices, per se. And one of the things I said was, um, we're not going to always have the right answer, but we'll always give honest answers. So we're going to jump in um, and... Uh, Larissa, do you want to just dive right into the first question? Yes, but you forgot to say that it's 1130 on a Thursday night. Our kids are in bed. Yeah, so we're recording this from our kitchen. So this is really exciting. It's our own personal studio at our kitchen table. So Very raw young adult podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's, we're not going to edit anything out, so <laughs> okay. hopefully we have coherent answers and there's not going to be cussing or anything like that, but no promises. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So the okay. first and most important question that we got is toilet paper. How do you hang it over or under? That is a great question, and I don't want to say who gives all the questions, but I am going to say who gives this question because I just want to shout out Sabrina Hart for, <laughs> love you, Sabrina. for giving this question. This is a very important question. So toilet paper over or under. This is how I would, I would frame this question is before I had kids, I feel like I didn't have a right answer. Like I didn't have a preference. It was like not a big deal. But now that we have kids, it's under. It is 100% under. And you're looking at me like that. That's a wrong answer. It's wrong. It is not the wrong answer. You always put it under, and then I flip it over, and you never change it back. Okay, because well, over I've, is right. No, but under is so much better because if ever who's our two year old goes in and starts spinning the toilet paper, if it's under, she would never spin it. She would just grab the and run. end piece and take it. Yeah. But on the off chance that she spun it, she wouldn't. Under is the right answer. No, over. Okay. Well, we'll do a poll we on won't. Instagram. <laughs> we should. We okay. Yeah, we should do a poll. This is important. Okay. <laughs> the, the, we can post that along with the podcast link. Yeah. Um. But I can't believe. You, yeah. You always put it under, and I'm always like, "What is the matter with you?" <laughs> I, flip I put it, it under because it's the right way. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Okay. Okay. Well. Well, good way to start. Should we talk about relationships? <laughs> Let's talk about relationships. Let's talk about conflict. Okay. Okay. Um, what would you say the best relationship advice you've ever received as a couple would be? <laughs> this is a really interesting question. We were talking about this. I almost said off air, like we were on radio. Uh, but before, cool. yeah, we're very cool. Uh, but before we started recording, um, this is probably like a little bit of a detriment to our own process. But I don't know that we've had a lot of people speak into our like collective relationship. I think I've had a lot of men speak into my life as a husband. And you've had a lot of women speak into your life as a wife. But like collectively, I was like, That was a really difficult thing. I was like searching for it. But one phrase doesn't really step out, but like through lots of conversations. And I think also like modeling ourselves off of um, just like people that we respect. Mm -hmm. 
I think one of the things that I always come back to is like you are you will never stop learning. And I think that I thought I was going to what go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say even though I tell you the same story over and over and over. Which one? Just any of them. You're always like you've told me that story a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> you mean about learning? Yeah. yeah. Like, are, am I ever going to tell you something you don't know? <laughs> Maybe I might not learn new stories <laughs> about you, but I do need to learn new things about you okay. as, as far as like your processes True. and the things that you need in certain seasons and stuff like that. And I think that I had this idea that I was going to have you figured out by the time, you know, we're 33 now. Well, I'm 33 or 24 right, forever. 24. Um, but it gets weirder and weirder the older I get. <laughs> It gets weirder <laughs> when you say you're 24. Um, I thought I'd have you figured out and that like I would be able to be the perfect husband because I would have all your like different things figured out. And that's not the case. And that's also really exciting because I've talked to people who've been married for 40 years who are like, nope, you, s- you still learn. And that shouldn't scare you. That should make you really excited that you're not going to get bored. Like just be intentional about learning. So that's one of the things that I would say. Mm. Um, I think I would say, I, I feel like this is my answer for a lot of different things. So maybe you've heard me say this before, but, um, just like, instead of complaining about things that Evan does or does not do, um, that is an opportunity for me to just pray for him or pray over him. So, um, like... Yeah, give us a real good example a real of something good example. that I do that's super annoying. Super annoying when you don't rinse your toothpaste out of the sink. That's not something I do. We got separate sinks in our house, and it still bothers me, <laughs> and he doesn't rinse it out of his sink. I rinse it. I just don't wait long enough to make sure that it all goes down. <laughs> okay, yeah, whatever it is. Um, and so instead of just like grumbling and complaining about that and letting that build into a bigger deal than it is, because it's literally not a big deal it takes me half a second to turn the water on and rinse the toothpaste out i can of my sink right of your sink um i mean you could do it yourself but it's fine (laughs) no instead of being mad and like there's those little things that start off as not a really big deal and then they just pile up and Mm -hmm. you just keep getting more and more mad and like a compound interest on the most basic benign thing. And then you're just like ticked off and starting a fight. So instead of being upset that Evan didn't rinse his toothpaste down, that's a chance for me to just be reminded of him and to pray for him. Even if it's like the most simple prayer of like, I hope Evan's having a good day and Mm -hmm. like we share a calendar. So I know when he's in a meeting so I can like pray over his meetings or his lunch, um, his lunches or like whatever he's doing. So instead of the first thought in my head of when I have to, I don't even know. You don't really do anything that's annoying. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> instead of just being annoyed, um, the example I heard was someone like cleaning up their husband's clothes. So it was like he just threw his laundry on the ground. So instead of like complaining while he's putting his well, she's picking up her clothes. Don't look at me like that. Like, I'm the one who puts my clothes on the ground. I yeah, don't. Yeah. We, that is the opposite of our relationship. I use the hamper. She uses the hamper as a place to put stuff on top of the hamper 
just in case she wants to wear it again. <laughs> dirty, dirty. Then hang it back up. This is really just a podcast for us to hash out some stuff, apparently. So, for example, instead of Evan being mad at me for not hanging my stuff I up. I get to pray for Larissa. Yeah. Yes. Please, God, teach her to hang her clothes. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's just, and that it goes for, like, all your relationships, too. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. um, marriage, but, like, friendship. Yeah. Or roommates or siblings, whatever the relationship is, you have a choice whether you're going to be annoyed by something that they did and that you might have to take care of or pray for them. And it can start off really small and can start off um, kind of annoyed, but you'd be amazed at how quickly your attitude Mm -hmm. changes and how... um, yeah, just like even the little prayers God uses and yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that's like my favorite piece of advice that I've been given. Yeah. That's good. I'm going to throw out a couple, um, we won't dive into them and they're cheesy and a lot of you have probably heard these before, but, um, fight well. I think there's a misconception that like if you're fighting in your relationship, it's bad. Now there's definitely a line there. Like if you're fighting all the time, probably assess why you're fighting all the time. Um, but if you can fight well and you can have disagreements and conflict well, that's going to lead to a lot of health and refinement in your relationship. So when people are like together for four years and I'm about to officiate their wedding, I'm like, what's like a fight that you guys have gotten into? Like, and how did you work it out? They're like, Oh, we've never really fought before. Like that's a huge red flag to me. Cause I'm like, man, <laughs> like you're about to step into something really important. You've never fought about anything. Do you so, mean like fight or like, disagreement yeah disagreement fight conflict however you want to say it like it doesn't have to be like raise your voice but like being able to be frustrated about something and talk about it not just be like screaming yelling about it that's not healthy or or burying it and being like i'm not even gonna bring it up because i'm just gonna be annoyed and then mm-hmm. 10 years from now i'm gonna present gonna a, list, about it. a list of wrongs <laughs> this, like, this is all the ways that you've faulted me so yeah. Is that the only one? How do you feel about going to bed angry? <laughs> Larissa hates that one so much. She gets so mad when people say don't like, go to bed. I will go to bed when I want <laughs> and if I'm angry or not. Okay. I get the premise of it. Like I totally understand the yeah, premise of it. I'm pretty sure it. like, it's a Bible verse. Yeah. Don't I, let the sun go down on your anger. Yeah, so Marissa, it's a little bit heretical. For Jesus her. gave me that advice, and I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks, Lord. Um, I think that like if you can resolve things before bed, great. But I also think there, there are things that have come up in our lives where it's like, man, if we tried to figure it out and have a healthy conversation, like if the conflict happened at 10 p.m., and it's like we need to solve this before bed, and we're both tired and we're both like had long days, which is where lots of conflict happens for a lot of us when we've had a long day and a lot of things have happened. And then some of those things led to conflict. Maybe you need to go to bed on it and maybe you need to wake up refreshed, but it still needs to be like, I love you. We're going to bed. I'm, I'm pissed off a little bit and we can resolve this tomorrow, but we're not going to come to some kind of conclusion tonight. I think that there's like a, a way to navigate that without being like, we're going to stay up till four o'clock in the morning and we're going to resolve this. We're going to make it worse tomorrow. 
Yeah. But we're going to fix this one right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, do it well. And you have to know each other. So sometimes you have like, are you okay going to bed frustrated about this? Okay, great. Me too. Let's go to bed. <laughs> and if somebody's not, then have the conversation to the best of your ability. But I'm sure many of you have had the conversation with somebody who said, don't go to bed angry. And I think you can push back a little bit, but also it is scripture. So maybe you can't. <laughs> I just feel like sometimes I get so annoyed over little tiny things right before bed and I don't say anything because I am a stuffer. You are a stuffer. <laughs> I bury everything and then I go to bed and I wake up in the morning and I'm not mad about it anymore. So yeah. I think a lot of times I just need a little bit of sleep. Yeah. It's like hangry, but sleep. Yeah. You're sleep deprived. Yeah. And so... I don't, I mean. Yeah, on the other side of that coin, sometimes you go to bed not mad at me, but then have a dream about me. Yes. And then you wake up mad at mm-hmm. me for something I did in your dream. Yeah. Which seems fair. It does. I apologize for my dream you. me. Thank you. All right, we have been on this question for a hot minute. Let's... Okay. <laughs> How did you work through loving each other through difficult times early on? Early on. Um, man, I, like if I'm being honest, I think early on in our relationship, even early on in our marriage, I don't think that we were like, I think we were healthy and we were very much in love. But as far as like working through hard things, I don't know that we worked, <laughs> worked <laughs> through hard things. I think we ign- stuff. Yeah. Ignored yeah. hard things. Cause we were like, man, we're like newly married and like, this should be sunshine and rainbows and like everything should be good and so when conflict came up we were like no that shouldn't be happening like well i feel like you wanted to work through it and i was like (laughs) let's never talk about that yeah well i like i am a verbal processor i like i love to talk about things and i love to come but you love to like think through things before we -hmm. talk about it and so Mm -hmm. yeah early on i think in a lot of ways i think we got lucky like i think that we I think one, because of our relationship with Jesus, I think that it definitely brings a lot of foundational things to the way that we handle just like our racial relationship in general. Um, but yeah, early on we, I think we ignored it and we kind of avoided conflict. And I think that now that we're almost 12 years into our marriage and over 15 years in a relationship together, we've gotten better, but I'd still say, yeah, we're still working on how to figure it, like how to work through the hard things. Um, and this might come as a surprise, but like we kind of talked about like the, you're always learning the way that you handle conflict will change just like you change who we are and how we handle conflict. Now it was not how we handled conflict 15 years ago. And so we have to like just constantly be able to adapt would you say that there was anything specific early on of like how we worked through hard things? Well, I was just thinking that I think, cause we got married young. We got married at 22 and 21 and yes, we've been married for 12 years, but I'm only 24. Don't worry about the math. Um, but <laughs> don't take this the wrong way. Okay. Oh, good. Let's do this on the podcast. I don't know what it is, but let's do it. <laughs> I don't always like you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's rude. <laughs> I always like you. Um, no, I feel like there are just days when I'm when you just like we drive each other crazy and Nope. 
Well, I know that I am perfect, but (laughs) (laughs) um, no, we like dry. Just, I don't know. We don't have a good day together. We're just like, don't mesh. We just, whatever is going on. And there's just times when it's like, I always have loved you, but I have not always liked you. Yeah, exactly. And that doesn't like sound great, but I feel like, um, yeah, your feelings are going to ebb and flow. Yeah. And that's when you get married young. I feel like that's so scary when you're like, oh my gosh, wait, I don't like you right now. Or I don't know, just to like. Yeah. yeah, And that's true of like all your relationships, right? Like your best friends. There are days where you're like, dude, you, you are so annoying. Like, yeah. You are driving me up the freaking wall. And that doesn't mean that you don't love them dearly and want the best for them. But right. it just is. And I think that that's, I think like the statement of, I will love you every day. Mm-hmm. But I there will be days that I don't really like you <laughs> is okay. I think that it's okay. Yeah. And we don't like say that to each other. I'm not like, I don't like you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have, but we don't say that. She says it with her body language. <laughs> when, she go, when she goes, when she goes to bed angry. <laughs> um, no, but I'm just like not scared of when I, I, when I have those feelings of like, we're just not like fitting together well today. Mm. When like, I'm just trying to think of an example, and I can't. But I know that like, there are just days when. For sure. Whatever is going on, and well, sh- yeah, and shockingly, we are very two very two very different people, and yeah. sometimes it works really well, and sometimes like it's like the perfect balance. Like people say, opposites attract, and I think that there's truth to that, but I think there's also conflict in that because mm-hmm. I am an extrovert to the core, and so the first thing that comes to my mind are like just like maybe not days, but like weeks where we have a very full schedule, and I am like let's go and there's just like a ton of things lining up and i'm just like and that drains you it fills me up and so like there can be conflict within the midst of that Mm -hmm. and so it's just like yeah we're not like we're not jiving really well because i'm super tired Mm -hmm. and you're like or uh, you're super tired and i'm super filled up yeah and so we're just in different spots in certain times and so i guess what i'm trying to say is like not letting that scare you as to like when your feelings change because they will, because you are human and imperfect and your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend or friend or whoever is going to annoy you. And Mm. so you're like, wow, I guess I don't really like you today. Like that doesn't need to scare you as like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I guess we have to get divorced now because (laughs) I woke up this morning and didn't really like you. You annoyed me (laughs) instead of like, no, I still love you. I just like, Need right. a minute or whatever. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. Next question? Yeah. Okay. Um, what does it look like to build healthy and authentic friendships in your 20s? You're in your 20s still. I so I feel My like early you, 20s. you're in your early 20s. <laughs> so you should have to answer this question first. That was a, over a decade for me. Um, gosh. Okay. I'm always been the type of person who really only has like one or two close friends um I guess I mean I have I have a handful of friends but I I don't know there's maybe two people besides you that I talk to Mm -hmm. on a regular basis multiple times a week probably yeah multiple times a week we'll say 
And then there are some people who have 4,000 best friends and everyone that they're friends with is their best friend. And I do not know how they do it. Part of me is really jealous. And part of me just thinking about that is exhausting. Like, (laughs) I don't think I could maintain that many friendships. Um, But I think, okay, so like that's, I know that about myself. I know that I'm an introvert. I know that I cannot do small talk for more than like five minutes. That's so draining to me. I want to have, like, I will go to coffee with someone and talk all day long. Like, yes, you will. That's yeah. great. But being like, hi, where are you from? What do you do? Over and over again. I don't love that. I want to, like, get to know you and, like, talk. I don't want to do the small talk stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think knowing that about myself, that, like, I just don't have the capacity to have a billion best friends, but I can invest myself in a handful of relationships. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, just like knowing who you are, but you on the other hand, you were like super extroverted. If you could do coffee with a different person every 10 minutes, just like a rotating, I mean, you don't really like small talk either, but like, yeah, I would, I wouldn't say like every 10 minutes, but like, I would love to fill my day with like lots of authentic yeah. conversations. And it's very easy for me to make friends with people quickly. Yeah. And like, we're just different that way. But I think especially like in my early twenties, I think one of the biggest conflicts is up to that point, you're naturally put in positions where like you're around people all the time, like with school and different things like that and so like you're just put into social environments where you just are (laughs) around people and so you meet people and then in your 20s all of a sudden like maybe you're in school maybe you're at work whatever so there's like smaller groups of people that you are around but I think building authentic relationships is really hard because your expectation as you mature heightens like when you're in high school yeah you can have a group of friends of like 30 and everybody's best friends and man you just like you guys don't really talk about anything deep, but you guys are all hanging out and you're yeah, having you're fun. You're doing the same thing. Yeah, so but when you're in your twenties, all of a sudden you're like, no, like, I want my relationships to go deeper. Mm-hmm. I want, I want to talk about like real life things. I'm trying to figure out life. I'm trying to, like, whether it's like trying to find a spouse or whatever it may be. Like your relationships are just going deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think one of the things that I've always thought about is, I think as followers as followers of Jesus we are called to love people really, really well. Um, But I think that oftentimes we have believed the fact that we have to be like everyone's best friend. And when it comes to relationships, I think it's okay to find people who fill you up. And like, I don't think it's selfish to take care of yourself when it comes to relationships and like find people who like pour into you. But if you do that and you take the time to find people who pour into you, then you have to, and people who go to young adults on Tuesdays will hear me say this all the time, you then have to make the intentional decision to find people to pour out. And so some of your relationships are going to be for you. Some of your relationships are going to be for other people. And the healthiest ones are going to be mutually beneficial. But there has to be a balance of those three types of relationships. And it feels weird classifying those. Like if you went through all your friends and you're like, okay, this person <laughs> is someone I pour into. And this person is someone that pours into me. Like that can be really uncomfortable, but it's just that discernment and self-awareness and relationships to know. Yeah. I have to have a balance there or else I'm going to burn myself out. So how do you like find 
Authentic. Come to Young Adults on Tuesday nights, <laughs> 7 o'clock. Okay, um, no, but I, I think that... I mean, I think that you you do have to put yourself out there in different social environments and actually, I mean, I don't know, some people might love small talk, like, but you're super introverted, I'm super extroverted, and neither of us like small talk, so it's hard to put yourself in new environments. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like <clears throat> on Tuesday nights when I'm talking to people and it just is small talk, I'm like, oh, I want to get to know you more, but mm-hmm. you just like cannot mm-hmm. when it's like, you know, fast-paced meeting yeah. people. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. The small talk just like is so draining to it's me. It's so tough. I think it's committing to layers of relationship too. And like, I'm going to sound like such a pastor here, but I think that there's moments for small talk, like before a, a service on a Tuesday night or on a weekend at church or whatever. And then there's experiencing worship and experiencing a message together in community. And then there's opportunity for small groups and getting plugged into small groups and building relationships even further. And then from those small groups being like, Hey, like through these conversations that we're having as a group of eight or 10 people, like I've noticed that I really resonate with the way that this person speaks and like what stands out to them in a book study stands out to me we should go grab coffee. Like mm-hmm. we should take this a step further. I think the problem with a lot of us is that we're unwilling to make the commitment to making the steps that we want to come to something like a Tuesday night and have a five minute conversation with somebody and be like, why isn't that filling my relational tank? Mm-hmm. Well, because you made a five minute commitment. Like relationships don't happen in five minutes. Relationships happens over dozens and dozens and hundreds of hours. Mm-hmm. And so I think that whether you're in your twenties or your thirties, like, I am, (laughs) you have to make the continual commitment to say, I'm going to lean further in. I'm not going to have high expectations with low amount of time. Yeah. You have to sacrifice your time and energy into. Yeah. And it it takes a lot of energy to build authentic, real, good relationships, but worth it. Yeah. I think the other thing is, um, I, when I had that small group, um, Oh my gosh, a long time ago, probably like six or seven years ago. And we went through a study and then we decided to do another study altogether and we shared our testimonies. And so it was probably like eight-ish girls and me, I would say. And we just became so close. Yeah, you're still close with everyone from that group. So that was... um, yeah, we just kind of did life together for like a whole season and we're not in a small group anymore, but we still hang out on occasion. And, um, yeah, I think what really bonded us was just sharing our testimonies Mm -hmm. together and just doing Bible study every week for, I think we did it for like two years probably. Mm -hmm. So we sacrifice our time and our, and time throughout the week to, do our homework and read our Bibles and stuff and then pray for each other. Mm -hmm. And then also just sacrificed our comfort and shared uh, our deepest secrets. Like a bunch of us told people things we'd never told anyone before. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like how do you build authentic relationships? You have to be authentic yourself. If you are like, how are you doing? I'm fine. (laughs) Nothing's wrong. Nothing. You're not going to get, Right. An authentic relationship. And people can tell when you're like 
holding back or not necessarily lying. I just, I guess just holding back or like not sharing everything. Mm -hmm. So you have to be just authentic. And there are people who are just hungry for gossip and want to know like all the details, but you're going to find people like weed out those kinds of people. And Mm -hmm. you're going to find people who like, will just like Evan was saying, will like reciprocate your, Mm -hmm. your mutual, what'd you say? Mutual mutually beneficial relationship Mm -hmm. yeah you'll find that in being authentic with yourself and other people yeah yeah love it authenticity breeds authenticity okay another relationship one or let's go let's do one more let's do one more i think we're 30 minutes in here but okay we're having a good time this is great (laughs) we're gonna stay up till two o'clock in the morning doing this sucker okay um, what does it look like for you two to set goals for your relationship, family, profession, etc.? Hmm. My goal setting looks like this. I decide that I want to do something and then I go and get all the supplies that I need. And then the supplies sit somewhere in my house. Maybe in the garage. Intentionally. (laughs) So intentionally. It's a part of the process. Yes, it is. Maybe maybe it's in the garage, but probably it's like in the way of (laughs) where the thing is going to happen. But it just sits there for like one to 14 weeks. And then (laughs) I say, Evan, we're doing this today. And then we do it. And it's always on a day where I'm like, I want to do nothing today. And that is is how I set... All of my goals and tackle <laughs> all of my goals. Yeah. It's a really easy way to accomplish goals is to do them one day. Just do them one day. That's the best advice is to just do it one day. Yeah, but I mean, it's like a whole process because it's like <laughs> it's decide a f- to do one it. to 14 week process. And is I have, it is. It's really funny because I have like no patience. So when I like decide to do something, I like immediately you have to start nothing. it. Yeah, but then <laughs> to like finish it out, I can't. I'm like, okay, I'm already sick of this project. I just need a break for half a year and then I'll do it. Um, But I feel like that's kind of how I am. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like all in and then I'll, I'll get it done. But usually I think I'm kind of like, I need a break before it's (laughs) even begun. That is so funny. Um, I think I suck at goals. (laughs) I usually set goals and... I usually set really big goals and then when they're not achieved in five days, then I get really discouraged and I bail. Um, one of the things that I would say is like go back and listen to the podcast that I did with Jonah Frichtel. Um, it is what we talk about lots of things when it comes to habits. Um, a book that I read, um, from James clear and Jonah talks about it too, is one of the things that he keeps talking about in his book, um, is set identity based goals. And so it's making decisions based on the person that you want to be. And so not setting goals as just like this far out thing, but just setting things and saying like, no, I, this is the identity that I want to be. This is the person that I want to be and making decisions from that. Not just these big abstract things that are out in the future. And so, 
I think setting goals is is really really good, but I think setting small goals and making them attainable is probably the best way to do that. And I am not good at that, and that's something that I'm currently working on. I think in our family, um, man, I think that one of the things that that we've come to realize that seems really really obvious is that if if we want anything to happen in our family, that Larissa and I have to do it first. And so, if we want our kids to act in a certain manner, we want them to do something with their time or like whatever, we want to instill a healthy habit in them or whatever. Um, we have to model that. If we don't model it first, we can't have that expectation of our kids. Yeah. And that's probably true in all of our relationships. And I think that our kids model unhealthy habits after us and there are healthy habits. And like the first thing that comes to my mind is that Larissa is a avid reader and I am a, a fairly avid reader. Um, and now Maddox as a almost nine year old is reading a book every two or three weeks and like a large, like he's currently reading Harry Potter. I know witchcraft, but he's reading uh, Harry Potter and he's like on the last, he started him in January and he's almost done with all seven of them. And like, I, I'm just so proud of that. Cause I think the reason that he loves to read is he's watched Larissa read. And so I think that if we're setting goals in our relationships, like we always have to be willing to model them first. Mm-hmm. And I think, just talking about what our goals are Mm -hmm. too and um being honest about if that's realistic or not like I have so many goals and dreams that involve money (laughs) and I'm a pastor (laughs) I'm like in our next house a lot of money in our next mansion we are going to have (laughs) separate quarters in heaven our mansion in heaven and so like it's fine to dream and it's fine to like sure i mean set big goals and that's fine i'm not saying that you shouldn't but just being willing to like start small yeah not even start small but just like have realistic expectations Mm. like okay you want to make a million dollars like that's not just gonna happen you have to work for it Mm -hmm. or like Hey, let's try like a hundred thousand first or something. I don't just know. A, just a measly. Just like a dollar. A measly hundred grand. I don't know. Just, um, and then, yeah, cause it's so easy to be discouraged, I think. And like for us, um, I know one of the things that we talked about recently was like playing more family board games. Mm-hmm. And so we get to keep each other accountable to that. Um, so making sure that our kids are not having a lot of screen time. So we're like, let's play a board game like two or three times this week before our kids go to bed. And then it's really easy to be just like exhausted and Evan is gone. Evan is at church on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. And then Thursday night rolls around and we just want to like veg, but like holding each other accountable and. Like, no, we're going to do this as a family. And then it feels so good. And it's so much fun. Usually mm-hmm. we almost always have so much fun unless I lose. Then it's not fun. It's like <laughs> when Maddox beats me in Monopoly. <laughs> um, yeah. But just holding each other accountable, I think. And like that goes just for all of our goals, I think. Personal or relational. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Not. And just like vocalizing them. Yeah. too that helps so much with 
setting your goals and achieving them, I think, yeah. instead of keeping them a secret and then. For sure. Because accountability is yes, such a huge part of that, too. Yeah. Because I think that when you have a goal and you're the only one who knows that goal, then nobody, nobody will know when you're cheating on that goal mm-hmm. or whatever it may be or, like, not living up to that thing that you're aspiring to. So. Mm-hmm. If you have a goal to do something, I can hold you accountable and vice versa. And that happens with all of our relationships. So I think that having accountability in that is probably one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Spiritual questions. Spiritual questions. Okay. Um, what activities lead to spiritual rest that you incorporate into your daily lives? It's hmm. a good one. Um, I think I, okay, I don't know. I think I love to have worship music on Mm -hmm. and just in the background, um, as much as possible. Um, like I don't watch TV or anything when I'm home during the day with ever. So just having worship music on really surprises me how much different my mood is when I have worship music on versus like just silence. Mm -hmm. I think I'm more like aware of what is in my mind because I'm probably singing along to Mm -hmm. the songs, but also ever sings along to them. Mm -hmm. And that is so precious and so sweet that that is what she's picking up on. Um, yeah, I think just like while another thing is while I'm reading my Bible, just like taking time to be quiet mm-hmm. and like trying to empty my mind mm-hmm. because I'm so easily distracted and Same. so just like ADD. I, I think I don't remember when maybe you and I were talking about this, but I think maybe you even said this one night at Young Adults, but you were talking about, um, praying and how that when you get distracted when you're praying that's like an opportunity for you to mm-hmm. um like return mm-hmm. to god or whatever yeah just in that practice of like returning your thoughts to god when it's you know like, oh groceries oh dinner oh kid just mm-hmm. everything that is filling your mind so just i'm just working on being quiet and listening because that is not my strong suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's really an answer to the question. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's something that I've intentionally been trying to do for probably like the last six months now is I try to wake up at six every morning. Um, mostly because it doesn't matter what time our kids go to bed, they wake up at like six forty-five or seven. It doesn't matter if we tell them to sleep in or not. Um, I make myself a cup of coffee and that in in and of itself, like I'm a firm believer that a good, a good <laughs> cup of coffee is a spiritual experience. Um, so I make myself a good cup of coffee and read my Bible, um, at six every morning. And it's like, you know, like you're, I'm like a little bit tired physically, but it, there's like this, this beautiful thing that happens in this, in this idea of spiritual rest where I'm just like, man, there's just quiet. It's just quiet. And I've got a hot cup of coffee and the word in front of me, and even if I don't understand what I just read or whatever it may be, like there's something like really, really beautiful about that. And starting my day that way is like, okay, 
Like, I feel like I'm in tune and attuned to Jesus. And so that is something that I do every day. And it's not easy because some days you stay up until past midnight recording a podcast. (laughs) And so tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. is going to be harder, but Mm -hmm. still worth it. So like that was a goal that you set for yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how did you like, like what made you decide to do that? And how did you stick to that? 6 a.m. I've gotten out of bed at 6 a.m. Twice in your life. Yeah. Like (laughs) literally the last time I think I was up early, I was getting on a flight to California. You had to. Yeah. And I was so excited. If I had something like fun, oh my gosh, I will wake up at 4 a.m. Just bright eyed and bushy tailed. Like I'm so ready to go. (laughs) Just like get up at 6 yeah. No. Um, okay. So this is, I just stemmed from, um, a podcast that I listened to with, uh, Craig Rochelle. Um, and it kind of goes back to the James Clear thing and, and making identity based decisions. And one of the things that he said in his podcast was make the decision to be the guy who doesn't snooze your alarm and just get out of bed. And I don't always do that. Um, I was like, but I'm going to be the guy who wakes up at six. (laughs) Usually it's, I wake up at six by having an alarm at six, six Oh two and six Oh five. And I'm usually out of bed at six Oh seven. Yeah. And if those alarms wake me up. Yeah. She's not praying. She is. (laughs) (laughs) What did you just say? I said, I'm praying. You're praying. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's annoying. Yeah. Got it. Oh my gosh. Dear Lord, get him out of bed so he stops doing that. Pray that he has a really spiritual moment with his coffee. If he wants to live. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's it's just like one of those things where it's like, it's really not that big a deal to just be like, I, I'm i going to do this. And it, it's a it's kind of a snowball effect because it should, doesn't always. Like there's weeks like this. I don't know if this week we've gone to bed before midnight in yeah. the last like week. But usually we're we go to bed a little bit earlier and mm. that kind of coincided with, okay, I know that I want to wake up at six. I know I want to wake up at six. I know I want to read my Bible. I know I want to make myself a cup of coffee before anybody else is awake and just have this like restful, peaceful moment. I need to go to bed earlier because I don't want to do that. Six hours of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that it's just making small decisions and a bunch of small decisions will lead to a bigger, healthy habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the first time you did it, was it the worst or were you like, I love that so much. I'm going to do that forever. <laughs> well, I'm six months into it and I still don't know that I like wake up and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. I can't wait to read my Bible. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I think that there's, there's these like, and I think that's like the spirit, the spiritual moment is like the, almost the, the re- sacrifice. Yeah. The sacrifice yeah. and the refining that's happening in that moment of like, waking up at six and walking downstairs and, you know, turning on the kettle and stuff. You're like, I'm kind of a zombie. Um, but then man, when I have that hot cup of coffee in my hands and I have my Bible in front of me and I'm just like, take those deep breaths. And I'm just like, this is worth it. This is worth it. And it's always worth it once you do it. Yeah. It's like, it's the same thing. Like going to the gym, like, I mean, some so, people some people yeah. get, get to the place where they're like, I can't wait to go to the gym. Like, it's my favorite thing. Like, all those things. I'm not there. I have to, like, drag myself to go to the gym or get on the Peloton and do something. 
but I never regret it when I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm always happy I did it once I do it. Yeah. It's the stepping into it that's hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes for a lot of our spiritual practices too. Like I never regret setting aside time for spiritual rest. Right. But I'm always thankful that I did it. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to like get there when yeah. you're sacrificing your sleep or your yeah. who knows, social media or yeah. anything else. Because yeah. that's, that's like another thing. This is a rabbit trail, but like I wake up at six and I'm like, the first thing I want to do is not make myself a cup of coffee. Well, the, the first, first thing, thing I want to do, do is, is get on Instagram. Wordle. Yeah, Wordle and then Quartle. Right. Which, if you don't know what Quartle is, it's four Wordles in one. So that's a crazy thing. Um, that's what I want to do. But we've been staying up so late that we get to do it <laughs> before bed. So that I don't, you can only do one a day. So I just do them before bed. And then when I wake up in the morning, I can't. So that's already it. crossed off your list. <laughs> yeah, so then I can get right into yeah. the word. My third priority, Wordle, Quirtle, then the word. Yeah. Yeah. I think that those two things, that those two questions really like bounced off each other. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, how do you feel God challenging you right now in your personal walk? Um, I think, yeah, the sacrificing thing, because I'm there are just so many things that I want to do mm-hmm. I, and I can justify up and down the things that I want to do mm-hmm. as opposed to just like sitting down. I usually do my quiet time whenever it goes down for a nap. Um, but I've been trying to do it while she's still awake. So she sees me mm-hmm. doing it. Um, which usually makes it like four times longer. <laughs> and she's mom, like, mom, what are you doing? Mom. Yeah, and she's, like, coloring in my Bible. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> um, but and I'm like, oh, well, I could be, like, reading to her or playing with her. And, like, those are really good things. Or I'm like, oh, I really want to finish this book that's due at the library tomorrow. Like, I, there's nothing that I'm doing that's, like, bad, and I shouldn't be doing that. But it's just, like, compared to, like, having my quiet time with Jesus, like, nothing compares to that. So I'm just, like super easily swayed to do other things Mm -hmm. instead. And so I'm just like, that has been a super challenging for me to not like put those things above my quiet time. And like you just said, it's always worth it when I do it. But Mm -hmm. like the sacrifice of getting out of bed early Mm -hmm. or sometimes I really just want to take a nap (laughs) whenever it takes Mm -hmm. a nap. So being like, no, I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to read my Bible. Yeah. So that has been, I think what is just, and it's just a challenging season for me. Sometimes it's like super easy for me to read my Bible and I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, no problem. And other times I just, I just am struggling sitting down to do it. So Mm -hmm. I think that's where I'm at right now is just really saying no to the things that I want to do Mm -hmm. and the things that I do want to do, but just, I need to do more. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. I think for me, I'm kind of a back to a place where I've I go through seasons of this, but I, I regularly come back to this is, is as a pastor being someone who is reading the word and uh, investing in prayer and really trying to focus on what is my personal relationship with Jesus, not reading the word to to build a sermon so that other people can hear it or, you know, praying and only praying for what's going on in other people's lives and not being 
vulnerable in my own prayer time with the Lord. And so that's something that it's always like balancing the, the, the public aspect of following Jesus in a way that is like it's vocational ministry, but also I am a follower of Jesus and a son of God. And so that I have to start there. That is just the most important thing is that I start there. So that's, that's really, really difficult. And then as, as somebody who is a pastor, I think that like, I just always struggle with, um, thinking I know what other people need and I'll find myself in seasons of like being at like on a Tuesday night and being like, why isn't this person here? Like I just so desperately want them to be here to be in community and be filled up and, you know, not be running on empty. And I'm always convicted by my wife, but also (laughs) by the Lord of like, you need to not focus on who's not here on a Tuesday night and focus on like the people who are and also focus on what the Lord wants to do in you. Like, you're you're thinking about like how desperately you want other people here to be experiencing the worship and da 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 instead of being like Lord, what are you trying to teach me in these moments of worship? And so that's something that I just like, constantly have to like come back to is being somebody who is first and foremost a son of God. I'm not first and foremost a pastor, so that's something that I just have to find balance with all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like turning your pastor self off. Yeah. To yourself. Yeah. For real. I I can't tell. Like, I'm trying to, I've read through the Bible front to back probably like two or three times in my life, but I've tried to do the Bible in a year like so many different times and have failed miserably. And I'm trying it again this year. I just had experience this morning as I'm reading and I'm reading through the book of Judges right now, which is really interesting i mean it's old testament still so it's not like where that's not like my go-to it's not a letter or gospel but i was reading this morning and i like specifically prayed this morning i was like lord would you teach me something this morning and i read something and i literally wrote in the side in the side of my bible i said this would be a great sermon point and i was just like oh my gosh you're a myth like i'm just missing it (laughs) just missing it like there are moments when i need to be reading it for certain things and there's going to be moments where i'm reading it for myself and one of the things that i always tell people too is every one of my sermons usually comes out of what the lord's like convicting me of and so like that's if i needed to hear it somebody else probably (laughs) needs to hear it too so it's just finding balance and sometimes just being okay with yeah just reading the bible for myself and and not having to worry about how it translates into other people's lives and then at the same time being like how does this translate into other people's lives i don't know take the plank out of your own eye before you try to take it out of someone else's eye oh, i'm ra- i'm rarely trying to take anybody's planks out of there i know just like yeah put the plank in your eye i guess is what I'm trying to yeah say. just see your own stuff which i do i do i see my own stuff all the time Okay, the last question. Okay. Okay, are you ready? Yes, I'm okay. ready. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, this is a long one. I have a deep relationship with God, but my relationship and understanding of church is not there. I struggle following church teachings and practices because I feel they are tainted by politics, cliques, cliches, and theatrics. Not singling out any specific group or church, but in a general sense, my relationship with quote unquote church in general is broken. How do I mend this relationship or change my understanding? How do I push past all of this to find God there? How do I find a quote-unquote home church if ones before have not fit right? Am I the problem? Am I a bad Christian if church doesn't work for me? Hmm. Um, 
I'm going to try not to get super emotional on this. <laughs> um, no, you're not a bad Christian for not having found a church that works for you. Um, I think that this is a, something that a lot of people feel. And I think, like, as a pastor, I want to say, like, well, if you're a young adult, like, come to young adults. It's perfect. Like, everything about it. Like, every person there is perfect. The worship <laughs> is perfect. The message is always amazing. Like, all those things. And I know that those things aren't always true. It's it's broken. Like, the church, the church is broken. It's full of a lot of um, really messy, broken people. And so there is going to be politics in it and there's going to be cliches in it and there's going to be some theatrical elements. Um, and I think what's hard is, you know, the 8 billion people on the planet, like some people are going to experience God through the big theatrical things and the cliches. And some people are going to be like, I don't want that BS. I want, you know, the small nitty gritty things. And so as a church, like, how do you do that? How do you create something for all people? You can't. Like, you, we cannot be all things to all people. Um, and so I think that as a person, I think you are allowed to, to go find what works for you. And I think as long as it's centered in the gospel, as long as it's centered on the person of Jesus, man, church can be whatever you make it to be. Like, you the the phrase like home church like what if you made your home a church like what if you created a space in your living room and said i have like-minded people who are pursuing after jesus and you know we gather and read our bibles and um and we worship together like that is church that is church and so i would love to say that faith chapel or or young adults or whatever is a place that works for every single person but it's not um my prayer is that people would be willing to understand that they probably won't ever find something that's perfect for them and to be okay with like coming and engaging in a community of people that isn't exactly what they want it to be, but it's close enough. And I always, I always want people to, instead of running away or stepping out of a community of people because it's not what they want it to be like, lean further in and like help it become the thing that you want it to be because we need so many different voices having so many different opinions who can bring the gospel in different ways and yeah as long as the main thing stay the main thing and Jesus is at the center of it that's all that matters mm-hmm. do you have anything to add to that I think just like to expand on what you just said you can't just like sit back and not that this is what this person is doing, but like complaining about the way something is, but not doing anything to change it. Mm-hmm. Like if like they mention politics, clicks, cliches and theatrics, if you're seeing a bunch of clicks, like say something about it yeah. or bring or it. Come blow those clicks up. Like yeah. come be the person who like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't just be like, Oh, I don't like, faith chapel because it's really clicky and then not like that's it you're not gonna like come and change that or bring that to someone's attention or you know whatever I think not all the time there are obviously 
certain times when that's not going to work. You can't walk into a church and just say, like, I hate the way you do this. Change, <laughs> Change it. But I've like, been here for one week. Yeah. This is my first time, and I hate what you do. We do have people who do that all the time. Though. Yeah. It doesn't work. Um, but I think, like, be the change that you want to see. Don't just, um, like, be annoyed with something. And I get that there are certain things that aren't going to change. And so, just like Evan said, that's where you get to, like, create your own mm-hmm. space for that. But if you're seeing people being not treated well or something going on, like go and change that and go and go start a small group. If you see a need for something Mm -hmm. or, um, start a group of people who volunteers together. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I have a really bad habit of complaining about something that I want to change, but then not being willing to take the, time and energy and action to go and actually do it. Like I want someone else to do it for me and Mm -hmm. that's not, I'm never going to get the results I want if I'm waiting on someone else to do that. Um, so yeah, I think being willing to call those things out or to, um, yeah, just, create what you want. What, Mm -hmm. what are you looking for in a church that you haven't found and how can you, I'm sure there's other people who feel the same way. How can you find them and bring like get together and just be Jesus Mm -hmm. to other people. Um, but I agree with Evan. You're not a bad Christian. If you haven't found a church that works and no, you're not the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, what was that quote? Um, the other day you were like, oh, maybe it was, I don't like religion. I like your Jesus, but I don't like your religion. Well, Gandhi says, I like your, or I like your Jesus, but I don't like your Christians. Yeah. Jefferson Bethke has a video that says why I love Jesus, but hate religion. Yeah. And that's, I think it comes down to that. Like churches are broken. Mm-hmm. Like our church is broken. Faith mm-hmm. Chapel is broken. Young adults is broken. Like people have, like we've been doing this for the better part of 10 years now and maybe people will come and be like, yeah, like this is going on at young adult. Like there's, there's clicks or, you know, this, I don't like this or this person was mean to me or <clears throat> this dude is creeping me out or this girl won't leave me alone or what? Like, <laughs> yes, yes. Like, I'm sorry. Like it breaks my heart. Um, the people don't come in and just experience Jesus in radical ways every single week because we are, broken, fallible, messy people. I'm a broken pastor. Um, you know, we're just a, a house full of sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like, we aren't, we aren't a house full of saints. Like it's a hospital for the broken. And like, we welcome that. And I, I just think that like, I think that too, for too long, the church has tried to pretend like it has it all together. Not art, like maybe our church but like the big c church like this collective church has just been like like no we like we have it and like i think it's scary to try to position ourselves as christians who are who figured it out like we haven't like we absolutely have not figured it out and i think that having a deep deep formed rooted relationship with jesus is primary in our lives but i do think that we're all called to community and I think that we grow better when we're in community. And so 
no matter how much you read your Bible, no matter how much you worship on your own, no matter how much you do those things, those are all incredible things. I think the Lord has created us to be in relationship with one another because the Great Commission wasn't go and have the best relationship you can possibly have with me and then die and then be with me for eternity. It was go and make disciples of all nations. And that isn't just a call for pastors. That's a call for all of us. So our relationship with Jesus isn't just... I feel really good about my relationship. It's, I feel really good about my relationship and I'm so thankful for the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of Christ. And I want everybody around me to know that. And we can't tell people if we're not around people. And so we have to be in community. And um, so that that would be my biggest encouragement is is find it. Don't give up on it. Don't give up on finding community. And it's if it's not Faith Chapel, if it's not young adults, that's fine. Um there are so many places, there are so many communities that are doing things really, really well, broken, but really, really well, but that are centered in Jesus. And so don't give up on finding community. And don't, if, if, if don't get, not giving up is creating a community, please, please create a community, but do that. Be in community, be fed, have people pouring into your life who love Jesus and pour into people's lives who loves Jesus, who love Jesus and, and pour into people's lives who don't so that they can know the forgiveness of Jesus, just like you do. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm crying, but I held it. I've held, I held that together. Okay. Okay. And we've been, I just tried to look at my wrist. I'm not wearing a watch right now. It is now 1234. So we've been going for, a solid hour so we're gonna wrap this up thanks babe thanks for taking the time to answer questions and stay (laughs) up late and thank you guys for being a part of this community um i hope that this hour-long just conversation of us sitting at our kitchen table and um talking through some of these questions was helpful and engaging and hopefully it stirs more questions and and i hope you know that you don't have to wait for a question box to pop up on our, our Instagram story, like anytime that you guys have a question or you guys want to grab coffee, me and Larissa are always available. Uh, that's what we're here for. We live for it, um, to, to be in relationship and to, uh, just love you guys well and learn from you as much as, as we hopefully get to teach. So we love you guys. We'll see you soon. Uh, hopefully on a Tuesday night or a weekend or maybe over a, a cup of coffee. Um, sometime 6 a.m. a really good cup of a coffee. really 6 good cup of our coffee. House. At 6 a.m. I'm, I'm awake at 6 a.m. at our house, so you can come. I'll make you a really good cup of coffee, and we can read our Bibles together. Does that sound great? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.